During the season of Lent, I have committed to wearing my clerical collar as a spiritual discipline. You might be wondering how this polyester blend can be a spiritual discipline. I'm going to tell you. First, it's an inconvenience. It takes effort to wear this collar every day. The shirt is ill-fitting, and when I say it's ill-fitting, I mean it's the size of four of me. Even having it tailored, I still have to wear a sweater over top of it, like a girdle, to keep it... I'm serious. (laughs) I'm praying it stays cold longer, because here's the other factor. It's hot wearing the collar, and I don't mean in a sexy back kind of way. I puddle in the shirt because I always have to wear a sweater with it. It is very inconvenient, and that's why I wear it, because I need to be reminded that working on behalf of God is not always convenient. I need to be reminded that it's not about my comfort, which is important to remember during this season of Lent. It's not always about us. Second, my collar reminds me of of my call and my vow to serve God. And from time to time, in the busyness of, of life and the busyness of Stone Village, I forget. I get so caught up in doing instead of being. And then finally, most importantly, with the collar on, my identity is spoken without words. I cannot hide who I am. I bear witness to what I believe and whom I believe in. I am a Christian. My truth is in plain sight, in the light of day. So I can no longer hide behind my, behind my banana republic. That's tough sometimes. You could say that I'm out of the closet as a Christian when I wear my collar. I wonder how many of you as a Christian, are out of the closet. I'm not talking about standing on a street corner and passing out scripture tracks, or walking up to a stranger and saying, do you know Jesus Christ? I can introduce you to Jesus Christ. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm asking you, in the light of day, how do you public, or do you publicly acknowledge your trust and your faith in Christ. When you leave here this day, will anyone know that you're a Christian? Not all of you can wear a clerical collar. So will people know that you're a Christian? Or are you a bit like the Pharisee Nicodemus, who is not yet ready to come out and declare his faith publicly in the light of day. Nicodemus is a very good representative of us, 21st century church members, in that he likes Jesus. He likes him a lot. And he believes in Jesus. He wants to know more and more and more about Jesus. And yet his faith remains veiled and darkness. It's a secret he compartmentalizes from the rest of his life. 
Since faith in Jesus, then and now, let's be honest, is not trendy. Just look at this collar. And it's so much simpler to keep one's faith, one's life of faith, in its own sphere. I think it's safe to assume Nicodemus fears the fallout of declaring his faith. Since his status as a Jewish leader, and certainly his relationships with personal and professional, will take a hit. We humans, regardless of the historic era, we desperately want to fit in. And we desperately want to be like everybody else. It's so much easier to be like everybody else. And so we deny and even hide our truth, even at the expense of our own lives. We hide and we deny our truth. We compartmentalize our lives. Do you know anyone like this? Are you like this? The central focus of the text today is conversation under the cover of darkness between Jesus and Nicodemus is an invitation. It's an invitation to open up our lives and reconsider our relationship with God. Jesus invites Nicodemus, as he invites all of us, to come out, to come out into the light of day, to become mature believers, full participants in abundant life, Jesus knows that neither Nicodemus or we here today can do this on our own. We think we can, but you are deluding yourselves. You can't. And so Jesus points to God, and he offers a metaphor, shocker, about new life, new birth, stating no one can see the kingdom of heaven without being born from above. And Nicodemus, being an educated man, accurately objects in that a person cannot be physically reborn. Not going to happen there, Jesus. Yet Jesus is not speaking of physical rebirth. He's speaking of a spiritual rebirth, of God laboring on behalf of us to bring us into new life. More importantly, Jesus is inviting Nicodemus and every one of you here to consider allowing God to work in your life. This new life, this spiritual rebirth that Jesus speaks to, like natural childbirth, it will be painful. And it will be painful because we're going to have to let go and break free of unbelief into belief. We're going to have to transition out of darkness into light. And let's be honest, we all like darkness. It hides all of our frailties. It hides all the lies we tell to ourselves. It hides all the lies we tell to other people. But in the light... Our truth is spoken. In the light, we can't hide who we are. And that's painful and scary. 
It will require letting go of the past and stepping into the present. Like physical birth, it may actually take longer than we have planned for. Or it may come upon us quicker than we were ready for. The point, though, is we are not alone in the process. In this exchange, Jesus reminds Nicodemus and of us and us of a very deep truth about God and about humanity that I think we forget from time to time. God is our parent. God created us. God labors every day for every one of you to bring you into new life, to bring you into faith, to bring you into kindness and goodness. To be born of water in the Spirit is not something we can will ourselves into. We might think we can, but we can't. You can study all the books that you want, but you're never going to will yourself into new life. Only God can do this. So trust in God. Let go of those notions that you can control all of the outcomes. Let go of all those unknowns, all those opinions, all those hurts and disappointments of your life. Let go of what people may think about you. Let go and permit God to lead you from darkness. Let go and stop denying your truth. Let go and stop believing that you can go it alone. The good news of this text is that God always waits for us. Always waits for us. If we're willing to step into the light. Nicodemus returns to the darkness. He can't handle the light. Yet we encounter Nicodemus twice more in the gospel. First, at Jesus' trial, he encourages his, his colleagues, the other Pharisees, to listen, to investigate this man, Jesus, before they pass judgment upon him. They don't listen. We know what happens to Jesus. And then at the tomb, Nicodemus is there with myrrh and aloe to anoint the body. You have this sense that, that Nicodemus is regretful. That in these moments, this defense of Jesus and the offering of these spices, it's too little, too late. He chose to remain in the darkness. He chose to deny new life. There's a little bit of Nicodemus in all of us. We become accustomed to the darkness. We like the darkness. We have so many questions, so many concerns, so many fears. We struggle between the sphere of our faith in Christ and the sphere of living in this world, allowing the world to tell us who we are and how we matter. We believe we can pull off this duality. And maybe you can, and kudos to you if you can. My hat's off to you. Yet remember this, all of life thrives in life. 
Any living thing that remains in darkness too long will eventually wither and it will die. Any living thing. And this is certainly true of your faith. It will die if it remains in darkness. We can only go so long with keeping God at a distance. And who among us can, can, couldn't benefit from growing in faith? Anyone? I'll give you my collar if you hold up your hand. Who among us could not benefit from a more meaningful relationship with God? Who among us could not benefit from living in light? We need light. We were born in light. And we are meant to live in light. And God is always ready and eager to provide it, to labor on our, our behalf, to labor beside us, because it's a mutual relationship. Of course, rebirth, spiritual rebirth, will be painful. And it will be inconvenient. And it probably will not be very trendy. But it will be real. And that's all we can hope for in life, is to be real. To be named and claimed and loved as we are, living in the light. Amen.